Henry sisters on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon I took the bus to Bamberg's and she was heavy laden The way we went along Collingwood Street that's on the road to Bladen Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 61. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. Uh, you can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg, and we're just going to jump right into it. I am with the man, the myth, the legend, Elijah underscore Newsom. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm great. I don't even have to say where to follow me on Twitter, because Greg just said it. So yeah. you can follow me on Twitter if you want to see uh, Avengers Endgame spoilers. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Um, I have you muted right now, just in case. Okay, well, it's <laughs> no. just memes. Oh, got it, got it. Meme life is a strong life to live. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we invented it. We millennials and Gen... What am I? Gen Y? Gen Z? What am I? Who knows? I don't know. Um, where did you watch the game? Where did I watch the game? Where did I watch the game? Oh, in Auburn, Alabama. Oh, yeah, a lot of soccer in Auburn, Alabama. Yeah, it's a huge soccer town. Um, <laughs> I, I literally, I went, I went with one of my friends, and we we watched it at a bar. And you have to. I feel like in Auburn, they don't know what soccer is. You have to like. Yeah, ask you also it. have to have to say like there was like like four or five bars that you could have gone to, and you went to one of those four or five. Sky, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's the only relevant one. Yeah. And then, so you had to ask for it, and then they, they like, do the head tilt like a puppy dog. They're like, what channel is it on? I was like, what channel is soccer on in America? There's, like, two options, NBC yeah. or Fox. Like, well, I guess ESPN has it on sometimes. Shout out to yeah. ESPN for just getting screwed every year during the NBA playoffs. Like, they just, and, like, during, like, the most exciting time in sports where you have the NBA and NHL playoffs, ESPN, like, just gets, like, one or two playoff games a week for the NBA, and it just has to show baseball like at prime time every night. And it's just like this is this is cool, but it's definitely the third option behind whatever NBA playoff game is on, and then whatever NHL playoff is on, playoff yeah. game is on. So shout out to ESPN for for screwing themselves. Yeah, yeah. And then on like random Sundays, they have to play bowling and cornhole. Mm. Oh, and spike ball—that's the new one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we um, I watched it in San Diego at a brewery. Oh, interesting. Good. Yeah. You you honestly have never asked me where I watched the the game ever. I have because we talked about like you watching at the Atlanta, um, my I mean my the Atlanta Toon Army Group. We we've talked about it plenty of times. I'm just saying, it feels like that time you just asked just to brag that you were in San Diego. Well, yeah, that time, but I've asked yeah, plenty of okay. times. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So it was genuine the other times, just to set yeah. up the selfish. Yeah. Way. Okay. Of Glad course. we settled that one out. <laughs> um, and it was good at times and awful at times. We'll get into that. I thought it was um, funny. But, yeah, at times. Um, first, I wanted just a quick U23s update. Uh, they had their first playoff for promotion. It's just a, it's not two legs. It's just one and done, um, and they won. So really, really big move by them. Uh, Cal Roberts scored in the 76th minute to tie it one to one. Then they went to extra time. Um, Reading took a two to one lead in the 108th minute, and then in the last minute. We got a penalty awarded, and Kellen Watts took it and scored. And then in extra time, Nathan Harker, the goalkeeper, he's he was the hero, uh, made some big saves, um, and we eventually won three to two to advance to the promotion playoff final, which is against Southampton. Um, we'll update you on that. The next thing is they are also in the Premier League Cup final, and they're mm. playing Everton, who won Premier League one. Um, Good for them. The division above them. So that is 
going to be interesting because if you remember, um, we uh, Liam Gibson, who plays for us, uh, and his brother Lewis Gibson, who left us for Everton, they'll play each other for the first time in their lives. Good. Good. Everton paid us six mil for him. He's yet to make a senior appearance, but he's like he's the captain of Everton's U twenty three team, and he's also I think the captain of England U twenty ones. I think. Hey, I that's remember. good. You know, good for him. He's almost relevant. Yeah, and if he would have stayed with Newcastle, he definitely would have played this year because he's a left back. <laughs> oh yeah, he probably yeah. would. He'd probably be a starting left back right now. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned so he, this like uh, you mentioned this in passing before, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he said he doesn't regret the move, but um. So yeah, that will be interesting. They're they're gonna play that on Wednesday the eighth. So if you're listening to this on Tuesday tomorrow, so check for an update on that. Let's move on. Let's talk about Salomon Rondon. Hmm. Do you want to do it? Or do you want me to? Yeah. Um, so, in a uh, shocking turn of events, um, and as you guys know, he's my player of the year, but uh, Solomon Rondon has been named the club's player of the year, like Newcastle United, um, have named Solomon Rondon uh, their player of the year, uh, which is interesting because it's kind of common knowledge that the hierarchy doesn't believe Solomon Rondon is an important enough player to be at the be in the future of Newcastle United. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's a good job, club. <laughs> so odd. Every everything about this club is odd. But yeah, that's why we love it. Yeah, Rafa had a couple things to say. Nothing, nothing that um, I would say is particularly uh, a, a big revelation to anyone. Uh, but he said, we know he's been an imp- a really important player for us. It's not just the goals he scored, but also the assists and how he brings players into the game. Um, he links with others really well, holds the ball, and there's a lot of positives. We'll see what would hap- what happens. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just... The club, they do you a lot right. of stupid things. Let's just say you were right. Yeah. I was right. right. That's right. Um, and going going to Rafa, so he had a Friday press conference, and it's the first time that Rafa seemed optimistic based on the contract talks. And I'll just read you some quotes from him. Um, he said, I was talking with Lee Charnley this week, and we will let you know as soon as we have more news at the moment. It's just we have had another talk and we'll continue talking. I am positive that we are talking and everybody knows my idea. Um, then he went on to say... I would like to see this club growing and growing, going to where I think they deserve to be. I know the fans are supporting me, and the fans are trying to convince me to stay, and they try to go for the emotional way like they did the first year. I know that, and I appreciate that. I am pleased with that because I'm happy in this city. I'm happy here, and I, as I have said this before, the staff, everybody is doing a very good job, and we are very comfortable here. Okay. Um, so it's like the first sign of him being uh, – in more positive light in talking about this. So I think it's definitely worth saying. We'll we'll keep you updated on that. Yeah. Anything you want to say? I just think it's funny how Rafa like is so politically correct about everything. Like he doesn't give away yeah. any information. He's like, we have there are positive talks about positive things going on that seem to be positive and moving in a generally positive direction. But things are looking positive, but we cannot say anything is positive for sure. It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's good. Um, we appreciate him at least giving us an update because without him telling us, no one will know. I like you said appreciate. Is that a northern thing? Did I say that? You said appreciate. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, it's appreciate. All right, learn American hippie. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Okay. Um. Okay, so. Club released a statement. I'll, I'll read parts of the statement. This is regarding the fan situation in St. James's Park. If you're not caught up to what this, what I'm saying, uh, I can a lot read of Liverpool. What I can read Graham's statement on the situation. Okay, was, yeah, yeah. Just so people have um, some context. 
Yeah, do you want me to explain what we're talking about, though? Oh, I was I was going to say Graham's statement is like an explainer of the events that happen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah then go ahead. Because, like, yeah, it's a, it's pretty good. Um, But, yeah, so, basically, uh, you guys know Graham. If you don't know Graham, uh, you are obviously new to the podcast. He's our one of our writers. He lives in Newcastle. Uh, he's an amazing guy. Uh, but this is what he says happened at the event. At the, at the match, he was sitting in the supporter section. He said, pockets of scousers in the home section just dotted around throwing bottles of, of piss and generally causing trouble. It was especially bad when they were making kids feel very threatened. After the game, there were fights outside the ground. I tried to stop them um, and, and stop my mate from getting involved, and I got hit from behind, so I threw fruit punches to protect myself and get my mate out of there. Um, basically just causing trouble for no reason at all. Absolute vile set of fans. I used to respect them after today. Their fans and players are appalling. Diving all over. Fans just horrid. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, and he also mentioned that uh, there were fans that got tickets in the Platinum Box, uh, which means that uh, that it's it's possible Newcastle fans sold their tickets to them for an extra payday, which is just wrong, especially on the final home game of the season. And club are acting, though, and fans who sold tickets to Liverpool will be punished. Fights galore. Um, and, and the club released a statement on it. And they said, I'm just going to skip around the statement because it's very long, but uh, they said, unfortunately, despite restricting match ticket sales to existing members and reminding fans that visiting supporters were not permitted in home areas, a number of Liverpool fans did obtain and use tickets initially held by Newcastle fans. We can confirm that standard tickets were only sold by the club to existing Newcastle United members and no general mission tickets were sold to Liverpool supporters by Newcastle United beyond the visitor's usual allocation. Um, they went on to say that we can confirm that 22 individuals were ejected from St. James's Park on Saturday evening with seven arrests made. Um, we will be reviewing supporter feedback and CCTV and will be taking action against any supporter who sold or passed on tickets to Liverpool fans. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they're just going to check the ticket stubs of those fans and the, the name associated with that seat is going to get some sort of reprimand from it. Um... And then they went on to talk about how to escalate a situation in the stadium and all that. But um, what, what's your thoughts on this, Elijah? Uh, uh, it's obviously picked up a lot of press and statements have been made. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think the club are doing the right thing and investigating. I mean, that's all you can do. Um, you do. It is a shame that people sold their their tickets to these fans. But it's interesting that, and someone brought this up, and they got attacked for it in one of the Facebook groups. But it's interesting that, like, in England, and, I mean, honestly, in Europe in general, the hostility between home and away fans, like, gets to a an insane level. Um, where it's like, there's, like, you know, as-storied rivalries and as-storied competition in America. And, like, all the time, you go to, you go to a Braves game, and it's Braves Phillies, like... All the time, there's an opportunity for me to be sitting next to a Phillies fan. There's no restriction on anything um, or anything like that. Um, at when I went to Orlando City Atlanta United game, like the Atlanta United visitor visiting ticket section was like right next to like this huge batch of Orlando City. Fans. So it's like it, it's interesting that you know that incidents like this occur and that there was a lot of hostility that people knew was going to be hostile um, once they saw Liverpool fans in the supporter section. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a shame that it happened. I'm glad the club's stepping in. Um, but it is interesting that this is like something that you see often in Europe. Um, not so much in the States to this degree, I would say. Yeah, no, um, I, I would love to have, I mean, it, it does improve the atmosphere. I think having like your away section just completely sectioned off and like not allowing and doing like a, like no opposing colors in the home sections or anything. That's that's cool. Like you see that sometimes in college in college football. Like in the alumni section, you have to wear like that school's colors in most most schools, and they won't let you sit in that section. There's like two or three sections, at, at least in Georgia Stadium and a few others I know of. Um, and then you have your like away allocation that they give, and um, but then you still see fans scattered around that just bought tickets from. Ticketmaster and whatnot that could be sitting anywhere, um, but yeah, obviously that's not the case in England. I know some some clubs do neutral sections. I know we're not one of them, um, but 
yeah, I think if if that's the role, like those fans should get punished for it. Like they should they should get a suspended, like like a suspension, like a three game, <laughs> like yeah, three three match ban for three games. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you've because not only the, yeah you made a quick buck, but you you also endangered a lot of people. Like like Graham said, like he literally got in a fight <laughs> because, because he got hit like, in the head behind from yeah. behind. Like yeah. So it's you're you're risking a lot of people around you safety and yeah that that should be cause for punishment. Yeah, not a great week Simple. for Liverpool fans because they had that video of the Liverpool fan uh, pushing the guy in the fountain when they were in uh, Barcelona, just like random yeah. dude just sitting there. I don't even know what he's doing, like tax or something. The Liverpool fan just rocks up to him and pushes him to a fountain. You're like, dude, come on. Um, so yeah. not a good week. Um, there is this. There is this. Uh, Thank you, Vincent Company. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Um, there is <laughs> a. Uh, there's a. There's a popular um, conspiracy theory going around based upon a blurry picture of <laughs> of uh, that was tweeted out by this guy Dicka at Dicka eighteen ninety two, uh, which is just gross negligence. Um, I believe. Uh, he basically okay. has been sharing this photo. I don't know if he's the original guy, but it's a blurry photo of, uh, uh, I guess, something that a steward um, got, like a, a briefing that they hand to all the stewards, like, hey, this is, um, is this game on TV? Yes. Uh, what's the weather forecast? Who's the safety officer? Who's the medical match? Like, all the, you know, stuff you need to know, police. And then um, they have segregation, which is not the same segregation that is used in the states but like meaning basically like this is the breakdown of each section and like where people are supposed to be and at the bottom it does say that there's like 200 tickets that were sold that were general sales um and people are now claiming the club sold these tickets to liverpool fans which to that i respond i don't think people understand how ticket market works nowadays um a lot of companies will work with people like Ticketmaster um, or like uh, StubHub, and those companies will buy like a block number of tickets each game and redistribute them on the market. And usually, uh, you would you would you know you buy that at either an upcharge price or at market value. Or basically, it's just like so the club has those tickets done and dusted; they're sold, and you don't have to worry about them. Um, and the section that they, that they're talking about with like this 200 general mission tickets is not even anywhere near the Gallagate Inn or or the Lees's Inn or anything. It's just like a random section, and it's not even confirmed if all 200 tickets were sold to Liverpool fans or Newcastle fans. Probably likely not even, you know, it's probably like 50-50 or 60-40 Newcastle fans. So just want to nip that rumor in the butt because it's stupid. It I don't think it's it it makes any sense to bring that up especially when the assailants were in the Gallagate end um which means the club did not sell these people uh tickets directly so yeah and there was stuff outside of the match as well um that Graham mentioned as well after the fight after the match fights and stuff that Liverpool fans were getting into etc etc um not a great week for Liverpool um fans and honestly a lot of people a lot of people are now rooting for Man City to win the title which I've said on this podcast, I'd rather yep. Man City win. Um, I said it before, Same. and uh, and just in general, uh, Liverpool fans aren't great. But um, but yeah, it, it's it's looking more and more like everyone in England's rooting against Liverpool now. And and as the saying goes, it's um, it's a win for Boston when winner Liverpool wins, and we can't get behind that. Oh, that's true. There's also a, uh, and just last thing on Liverpool fans before we move on, there is a, this was from TalkSport. Uh, they had a caller, Cameron, who's a Liverpool fan, who said that they should get a trophy for finishing second, even if they finish second. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah. That just want to leave, end on that note. There yeah. you go. That's a thumbs so up. So let's go on the more positive route then. How about that war flag surfer, though? Mm. Woo! That was fire. It was. That was absolutely. That was sick. Uh, I've watched the video of it being like unfurled, furled, unfurled. I guess is that the word? Um, and it's just so cool how well, big it what is. What was that rant you did earlier about speaking American? Unfurled. Yeah, I'm is, just saying. It's... 
I'm just saying. Well, I don't even know if that's an American word. Oh, of course it is. It's an English word. Oh, well, you know, not all English. English words are American words. Oh, now they are. Oh, so ever ever since 1776 they were. Oh yeah, right here. Yeah, <laughs> suck it, Britain. Remember that right. time we um, kicked your ass? <laughs> um. Yeah. So the flag was. So if you haven't seen the flag, um, it's black and white background, and and it's the black and white is made out of people's names. Black background, white names. Um, and then in the middle, it's a magpie, and it says "We are the mags." And as they keep unfurling it, uh, there's a bunch of landmarks of, around the city. Uh, really, really, really cool. Yeah, there's one of them. One of the, I think it's the church that's on there. Um, that Sunderland fans were like getting mad, like, "Oh, you, why are you putting that on there? Like, that's it, not it's even Durham, yeah." And uh, it's Durham funny Cathedral, because, like, like it's not like that cathedral's in Sunderland either. Like, like why are you getting mad? It's in the Northeast. It's a Northeastern landmark. Shut up. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, just go back to League One where you're in fifth place. Yeah, let's just bring that up again. That's insane. Yeah, we're just going to – that's all we need to bring up is just you're in fifth in yeah. League One. Oh, yeah, how about that? You, you seem to think it's trolling, which it probably is, but the guy that said it's – it's okay. Like, there's probably a few clubs in League One that are Premier League quality. Finishing fifth isn't all that bad. That was funny. that's hilarious. It's hilarious. The the funny thing is that um, there's a few clubs in League One that are Premier League quality. That's yeah, like, it's, it's so funny. Where? <laughs> oh man, that's that's it's but that's Luton insane. Town, Luton Town, Premier League quality. They it's were in on they were non league club two years ago, and now they're going to be in the championship. Yeah, that's and dope. I just I yeah. <laughs> speaking to existence um <laughs> like uh, and i'll bring this up again because it's still so funny um that they've spent like they like have like 70 percent of the league's wage budget is sunderland like yeah they just they've spent so much money to suck yep all right yeah that's that's yeah. that all right let's let's go into that bs meter life okay uh, so it's a pretty loaded BS meter. Let's actually let's first let's start with the BS update with, uh, I guess it's Jean or Juan Hurtado. Um, he's Argentinian, I think. So I'm not really sure. South American Spanish is just different. So we'll get into a pronunciation guide on it. Um, but we brought him up, and the BS meter was pretty high on him. Um, because and my reasoning was that he didn't have a uh. He didn't. He like it was going to be hard to get him in because he didn't have like a work visa or anything. Um, and so uh, Mark Douglas provided us an update. Apparently, he was asked about the transfer rumors, and he did um, what he, he he basically said that like for the time he's there's been clubs interested, but for the time being, he's he wants to continue playing football. And uh, I believe he's in Argentina. Yeah, he's Venezuelan. He's playing in Argentina, so um, that one's kind of being nipped in the butt. Especially since there's other high-profile South American players that, like, when they get out, like when they have the opportunity to move on to another uh, country, they've honestly tend to be pretty open about it. Um, obviously, the most recent one is Pitti Martinez, who before the Almiron deal was done, they interviewed him, asked him, like, you know. Are you excited for next season? He was like, "Yeah, I'm excited to be in Atlanta." And everyone's like, "Dude, like the no one it hasn't been official." Neymar was the same way. Aguero, like all these guys, like if you know you're going to England, you know you're going to Germany. There's interest. You start drumming up and hyping up behind yourself. So, uh, that being said, Juan Hurtado, that one might be uh, fading. So that's an update. Yeah. But for the BS meter, uh, let's start things off with uh, uh, Jack. Jack Wilshere. Not Jack Wilshere. Jeez. Jack Colback. Ugh. Jeez. Jack Wilshere huh? on Newcastle would be an upgrade. Um, okay. Jack Colback. Uh, Nottingham Forest. They look, they're looking like they want to make him permanent. Uh, he's been really good for them. Uh, so what's the BS meter on that? Yeah. 100% going to happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. might as well just call it a done deal. Yeah, I mean, he's he's good for Nottingham Forest. Newcastle don't want him on the He's our captain, and he's on loan. Yeah, it's insane. It's happening. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's actually insane. People were freaking out that we gave, like, Rondon the loan signing the number nine shirt. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's <laughs> yep. even – that's that's worse. 
actually. That is worse. Your captain is a lone signing. Um, so yeah. yeah, there's that one. Uh, Diame, uh, he has been tipped to Leeds um, as a potential uh, free transfer signing. Um, as we know, the auto trigger for his uh, contract extension did not go through um, because he did not start this past match against Liverpool. Um, so it looks like uh, Modiame uh, will probably be playing this football elsewhere next season. Um, and Leeds seem to be the first club that have uh, showed interest in him. BS meter on that. Uh, 95% happening. I just don't know if it's Leeds or not. But he's he gone. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think I think it, he has a very good chance of going to a newly promoted side, um, because he's got he's played in both divisions, um, and he's you could argue he's succeeded at the Premier League side, and he's got the experience, um, so good good for him. Uh, and um, so the next one up, uh, so here's one: uh, Shea Adams is a British forward playing for Birmingham City, who's been on a bit of a tear this season. Uh, 45 appearances in the championship, 22 goals, 5 assists, um, and he is linked to Newcastle as well as Everton. Uh, Everton have prepared a bid of £15 million for him. Um, they seem to be looking for him. He's 19 years old as well. Uh, BS meter on that. Mm, I'm going pretty high. Yeah. I'm going. Uh, I'm just going to give percentages in this for the sake of time. So I'm just going to do. It's eighty-nine percent not happening. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's okay. Is that, is that strong? Yeah, that's that's pretty strong. Um, I'd yeah. say I'd say probably like seventy percent. Um, the fifteen million pound price tag. If there was no price tag and we're just linked to him, I wouldn't be surprised. Because uh, he's a young forward and he's doing well in the championship. That's how we got Dwight Gale. Um, so I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, moving on, the latest name we've been linked to: a uh, twenty-year-old midfielder playing in a champion. No, playing in League One right now. Excuse me, uh, Tom Bayless uh, playing for Coventry, Coventry City. Uh, he's there's a center mid there. He's played pretty well this season. Three goals, three assists. Nothing to call home about. Um, but 20 years old, uh, Newcastle just linked to him. Um, BS meter on that. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm too pessimistic, but like 100%. Not happening. Okay. I think it's like a 20% chance this happens. Uh, it's a League One signing, first and foremost. So yeah, I don't think Rafa ever goes for this. Yeah, but I don't, I don't see, I don't see why not in the sense of it's a low risk high reward situation like you if it's a league one signing like i would doubt that you can like the, that he's going to cost all that much um and yeah i mean i guess it could be like a deli ali situation right yeah or fabian share or iosi perez like there's there's guys who are cheap and have done well, yeah, well. well deli ali i think actually he was in league one that's true chance to sign him. That's, yeah that's true I mean, it would be cool if it was a Deli Ali situation, um, but that's 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 too that's too generous for Newcastle. Um, another yeah. one. So Newcastle have been linked to another Monaco player, um, Mehdi Zerkan, uh, who is a right winger who's been floating between uh, Monaco B and the Monaco first team, um, mostly playing in Monaco B. He's nineteen; he just turned nineteen, um, and What's he's Mehdi Zerkan. Okay. Uh, and he's 19. I would imagine this is more of an academy signing because he's more of a Monaco B player. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is Monaco. They have a decent academy, as we know. Um, you could say it's decent. Um, but yeah, thoughts on this? Uh, I'm I'm going a little bit more optimistic on this one. So I'm going to say 60% chance it doesn't happen. Oh, okay. But uh, the only reason why I think the number's lower on the not going to happen chart uh, is because we are we have obvious relationship with Monaco after the Barreca deal, um, so like there it's happened before, and so I don't know how appreciative they are going to be with us taking a player, like taking Barreca and just not playing him if they're going to retaliate at all. I don't know how it works like that, but I mean, yeah, I, to I would be say fair, it's a little bit more believable, I guess. 
Yeah, and, and to be fair, uh, like, he wasn't playing at Monaco either. It was like, uh, I don't know if there'd be as bad of a relationship because he didn't play in Newcastle because it's like, all right, well, it wasn't good enough for us. Maybe he's going to be good enough for you. He wasn't good enough for us. So it's just kind of, okay, well, now we know this player is not good enough for either team. We've got that nipped in the butt. Like, I think people understand that when you're fighting for survival, um, you play your best players. Uh, like, you don't, you don't have that. You can't, you're not afforded the opportunity to give some young guys a go, um, no matter how good their potential is. Um, so next we have a left back uh, playing for young boys, uh, BSC young boys, uh, Loris Benito. Uh, he is 27. Uh, he's a left back. Also can play left mid and left wing back. Um, but yeah, that's a, he plays in the Swiss league, uh, first tier, um, and Newcastle are linked to him. Thoughts? Um, 60% not going to happen. I'm going to go lower. I'm going to say 40% not going to happen. Uh, it's a position of need. 27 is a little old, but um, I don't know. He's he's killing it, and we need left backs. And, you know, we I think we rate the Swiss League a little bit higher than other, uh, other European teams. Um, and I think that that's going to work in our favor. Um, and then I think this is the last one. Um, yeah, we're going to say this is the last one. Pretty sure it's the last one. Uh, this one, I don't even want to say, uh, Rafa Silva, <laughs> 25 years old, uh, midfielder for Benfica. Um, yeah, left mid attacking mid can also play right wing. Um, he's been linked to Newcastle. Uh, yeah. Um, just for some more background, uh, this is comes from Bola Branca, who is a Portuguese newspaper. Antonio Araujo is saying Newcastle are one of the clubs interested in signing uh, Rafa Silva. Whatever happens will happen. Silva is currently protected by a 60 million pound, 60 million euro release clause. So, uh, thoughts on 100% that? chance it's not happening. Yeah, um, 60 million is a lot. <laughs> 100% chance. That's like double happen. the value of Almiron if that signing happens. But I will I will put one little nugget in there. Wolves probably will. Since they like only signed Portuguese players. Yeah, but they already have like they're I don't know. I feel like they're stacked at like in their midfield for Portuguese players. Yeah. They're like a good team. Like they have a good defense and they have like I don't know what else Wolves can really do. To improve yeah. themselves without, you know, just literally just getting the best Portuguese player possible. And maybe maybe Rafa Silva is, you know, on the up and up. He's easily one of Benfica's best players. Probably going to play a lot for the Portuguese national team. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's the next step for Wolves. But, yeah, that's all I got for the BS meter. Pretty loaded BS meter. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's get into Liverpool, and we are going to do that, but right after this break. All right, the Scousers versus the Magpies. Zero points for Newcastle. Newcastle loses 3-2 to two to Liverpool. It was an entertaining game where no one liked defense. No one wanted to play it, especially us. And, uh, you know, wasn't... it. it you know, we weren't wrong by saying that we thought Newcastle could win this. And, you know, at times it felt like we could. Uh, but we'll start off by going to our three words. Um, we have some good ones. Um, starting with Zach Pensack. He sent two in. Uh, you follow him at Z Pensack Official. Mm. He said the first one was, we outplayed Liverpool. And his second one, but LaSalle sucked. Um, we had Trevor Mooney, official questionnaire, CHN Radio, said, Iose's still shite. <laughs> He's back. He's back. Uh, one lost Muffin. Boston wins again. Like I, I think I just said. Yeah. Uh, Rawson in America said, Ref's a scouse. <laughs> um, Shelby Powers said, Fabinho definitely dives. Rob Moyer, set piece defending. Mm. That's key. That's, That's key. True. John at 
Clamach pin 88. <laughs> I tried. Uh, Liverpool diving champs. Yeah. And uh, our co-host, my co-host, Elijah Newsom, the D1 diving program. I got a couple more for you, too. Okay. Um, this comes... They People don't understand what quote tweeting means. Um, they <laughs> responded fine. to the tweet that I... that. The coming up Newcastle account tweeted about the CHN radio three words tweet. Anyway, um, Scott, which you can follow him at GR4MES, uh, said incompetent defending kills. Um, Tony Mann at Super Chippy 68, Liverpool cheating again. Up the mags, uh, frequent responder to this account. Uh, at TGS42084, Needed more Hosselu. Yes, agreed. Oh, that was that's great. Um, I'm glad that people are now buying into the fact that you know that is just Hosselu is our brand. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, PJ Doc at PJ Doc said diving is rewarded. So uh, a couple common themes among the three yep. words. Yep. Diving and poor All defending. Right. No one, no one mentioned Rondon's goal. <laughs> no one mentioned like any of the cool stuff. Atu. Yeah. Like I said. He and did you, say. Well, we both said. I said Atu would score. You said Rondon would score. I You're did. You're welcome. Uh, so, speaking of, let's dive right into this match. Preview. Oh, dive. I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> um, starting lineup, Dubrovka, Mankio, Cher, Lascelles, Dummett, Richie Key, Hayden, Atu, Perez, Rondon. Your thoughts, Elijah Toonsom? Uh, You know, it's what we expected. Um, I mean, I was, yeah, I, I'm not really shocked by anyone in that lineup. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That kind of whole mentality. Yeah, I I was surprised that Shelby didn't start. So he just started for one match and that was it. Well, he wasn't uh, great in that match. So Yeah, but I just figured that they'd probably just run out with him the whole way, but clearly not. Clearly not. Okay, so getting into it. Um... Newcastle started with a three back, as expected. Atu was on the left. Perez was on the right, uh, just behind Ronan. And then Hayden and Key were in the middle. And it pretty much was Liverpool to start. It was kind of open, honestly. Uh, I love the Rafa. We want you to say chance. But it wasn't much longer. It was it was a 14th minute where it was literally in his own area code. Virgil van Dijk, wide open header. Like like a training ground goal. Like, it's just completely unmarked. He heads the ball low on the ground. Dubrovka's in position, but he's completely unmarked. He has no chance. Um, it was Alexander-Arnold cross and power header low into net. Now, do you, did you see whose man it was? I think it was LaSalle's. Am I correct in saying that? I think it was, too. Because like some people were saying dumb it, but it, it doesn't it doesn't look like that was ever dumb it sky. And I, I think when Van Dyke ran around like the the like club of people that Lascelles got confused and went with the wrong person, and then he like slipped as he saw the cross coming back and realized that Van Dyke was behind him, and Lascelles ended up on the on the ground like completely leaving him wide open, and and dumb it was like. He was nowhere near it. So somebody, like, it's either LaSalle's completely botched it or Dummett was, like, in La La Land. <laughs> Your thoughts there? Anything? I honestly think it was more on LaSalle's. I do, too. I think, like, especially because as the middle of that back three, like, it's your job, and as the captain, your job to communicate things like switches and stuff and be the most aware center back. Like, LaSalle's in his role, being the middle center back, his only job is to defend. Like, Cher and, and Dummett, like, they're expected to, you know, knock the ball forward, get involved in the build-up. LaSalle's just has to defend. That should be his big priority. And it was just, you know, as your captain and as the middle of that back line, like, you have to be um, on on your toes and stuff in terms of communication. And, you know, maybe he did communicate with Dummett, um, and like, we just couldn't hear it or didn't see it. But, you know, from a, from the perspective we have as fans, it just looked like LaSalle's lost this guy. Yeah. I think completely and awfully lost him. 
Um, and but it wasn't. Luckily, it wasn't long after that where we got back. And my man, he finally got his. Christian Hatsu scored. It was a Mankio cross. Uh, came from the right. Richie was wide open, completely running unmarked on the opposite side of the box. And he, like, I don't know if he was trying, I hope he wasn't trying to shoot this. But if he if he wasn't, it was a great pass. He, like, side hit it. And uh, it goes right to Rondon. And Rondon just, like, sticks his foot out, kind of. But it was absolutely clear red card send-off for Alexander-Arnold if Atsu didn't then come to the rebound and, and finish it. Uh, either way, like, right, you... you Everyone, I think, rather takes the goal there than the chance of it not. Like, I could just see Allison saving it and then saying that they're, like, the most, uh, like, impressive goalie ever or whatever. But, like, I'd rather take the goal there. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and there was a Premier League referee who was on Sky, I believe, uh, who basically uh-huh. said that the ref still got the decision wrong because, like, even though you don't you don't want to give a red there and the PK because essentially when you give the red and the PK it's because like there's no goal been created like you've denied the chance of the goal uh, of a goal of a goal in general from ever being scored and clearly a goal was scored he basically made the argument that like you have to at least punish the player by giving him a yellow because like that's a red card offense if that doesn't go in if that oh interesting in. yeah which interesting yeah I agree it's with like that and it- and it, and it kind of, it hurt us in the end, right? Because, well, yeah, I mean, to play, we would have played, that happened in, what, the 17th minute? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 17th minute, and then, like, you're playing 83, I mean, 70, whatever the math is, 73 minutes of man up in potentially a tied, tied game. Like, if you get sent off... We score the pen. It's one one, and we have a man advantage for seventy three minutes. Um, that, that I mean that that's a game changer. But you know you got it. You just assume that the pen goes in, and we've missed a few. And and even and even then, even Trent Alexander, like a, one of their better players who's returning, Trent Alexander. Trent Alexander. Ah, all right. This is a rough day. Alexander for Arnold or yeah. TAA. We'll TAA. Call TAA. Uh, <laughs> the old the old double last name boy at Liverpool. Um, he, uh, he would have been playing that entire match as a defender on a yellow, which just always either is risk for him to get substituted and you bring in, you know, a not as dynamic player, or you have a guy who you can kind of go after, um, and attack, uh, in, in, uh, when you're, when you're attacking and try to bait him in the getting, getting a second yellow or he's more cautious defending. Like, there's just... It, it does change the dynamic, even if he has a yellow, because you do play differently as a player with a yellow. Because you're... you're I wonder... I wonder if VAR gives him a yellow there. What would VAR do? That's that's the interesting thing. Like... I think VAR would at least say it's a foul. It. Well, I think with VAR, you, you, you say it's a foul. And then I want to say... It, it does depend on the... Like if it, how the FA writes the rules exactly because in in the Bundesliga that's a no goal red card send off and a penalty. Yeah, they would call everything back in Bundesliga. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It does depend on how the FA does. Like I think in the MLS it would be a retroactive yellow, um, but I'm pretty sure in MLS they still it's still on the referee to decide you know for a final what the punishment should be. So they'll let them yeah. know this is a foul. But, like, do you want to either call it back as a yellow or just acknowledge it was a foul? But, I mean, in that case, you almost have to give a yellow if you're using VAR. Yeah. Because, like, there's what else are you supposed to do? Like, you can't just be like, all right, well, there was a foul, but, like, nothing happened, so it's a goal. And everyone's like, well, you just wasted five minutes. Um, so, uh, but, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's something um, that happened. Yeah, and right after that, like, it was Newcastle's game. Uh, the crowd really got behind it. Liverpool seemed rattled at times even, and, and not too long after that, Dummett uh, put a free kick into Rondon. Rondon laid it to Richie, and then Richie crossed it to Mankio, and he, there wasn't really much else he could do where the ball was landing, so he kind of did a, dive, a diving header, um, and it, it wasn't like, he hit it with some pace, but it was an easier save for Allison. but it was a really good chance for Newcastle. There and we had one right after that. We hit the bar, man. Yeah. Perez, holy crap! 
controlled the ball in his chest at the edge of the area and then walked it into the box. Like, what are you do- Like, what? This is Iose? Yeah. And uh, puts a shot right off the woodwork from a, from a pretty tight angle. And I was just like, oh, my God. If he would have scored that, I don't even – like, what? Mm. That's insane. Um, and then immediately after that, counterattack, Egyptian Tom Daly, Mo Salah, scores. Um, TAA, as we've referenced, he – and this is, like, where it plays a factor in it, right? He crosses the ball from the right. Salah's by himself. Um, he – kind of flicked a right-footed shot goalwards and it gets past Dubrovka. Um, awful defending for Newcastle and it's 2-1 to one Liverpool. They immediately have control. Yeah. And this is where things like Liverpool had a few chances after that and then um, like it started getting kind of toxic because I think like there was mention of like Liverpool fans going nuts and um, but no real chances for Newcastle after that. Uh, halftime, it was like a we had a very good five minute stretch where we looked dominant, and then the rest of it, it was pretty much like, I mean, it was not even, but Liverpool had a, a slight advantage. I wouldn't say they ran away with the rest of it. I would, no, um, I would even say, I would say that Liverpool. I don't think. I don't think Liverpool. I think Liver. I think Newcastle looked good, but Newcastle looking good yeah. wasn't as good as Liverpool looking bad. Yeah, I like I like that because like we, Liverpool can, looked bad, but that. they their bad was still slightly better than Newcastle looking good. I, I can completely agree. Which on just that comes fact. down to pure talent. Like, yeah, you can only look so bad with Sadio Mane and and uh, like Jorginho Wijnaldum and like all these guys. Like, it, it, you can only look so bad. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so second half started, and it, it started very well for Newcastle. Again, Atsu kind of had a had a good shot, um, and he he was like really pushing forward at the start of this on the of the second half, and he's like way more forward than anybody else really. Um, so I, at first I was like, what is what is he doing? Like, why is he playing so high? Um, I thought that was gonna come to bite us, but this one. Worked out because Atsu puts a low cross in, kind of gets cleared, and Richie hits a shot, which gets blocked, and it comes out to Rondon. It, it, it's like, uh, like this is beautiful goal. Like, he curled it from, like, I don't know, where is that, like 15, 20 yards out? Yeah, off, the, and, off uh, of volley. Yeah, off of volley, and it was awesome. Like, a great goal. Just, and I, I always think, like, Rondon gets a pass this season because of how the style of play we are. But I think as a striker in the Premier League, if you're worth anything, the minimum is to score ten goals. Like that's the minimum for the Premier League for me. Yeah, to be worth it. Like, and, 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 um, yeah. and that's a tenth. But also, strikers don't have seven assists. Yeah, so I'd say you so... also have to bring up he's got seven assists. <laughs> like, yeah, he's got more um, assists than like prolific wingers in 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 the Premier yeah. League. So like. What a season for him, and I, I still hope he I hope he gets a hat trick. Um, against Fulham, that'd be amazing. But if I'm him, yeah, I get a so, hat trick, and then it's like it's almost impossible for you to not resign him. Huh? It's almost yeah. It's just almost impossible for you not to resign him if he if he gets a hat trick against Fulham. Yeah. Um. For sure. Like one million percent, and let's see. And it, oh yeah, so then Atsu almost gets us in the lead. He just completely runs past TAA, crosses the ball in the box. Perez Megs Lovren, dude, yeah, that was, <laughs> and gets past Fabinho, and the shot was blocked. I was like, yo, what is this guy? Do this all the time, please. Yeah, do it as um, much as you can. Yeah, and then after that, it was pretty much all Liverpool, and then the inevitable happened. Uh, Shakiri curled in one from the corner, where he jumped. Actually, I th- it might have been a LaSalle's own, own goal here. 
It. I honestly think it was more of a LaSalle's own goal, but I think <laughs> it was counted as as an Origi goal. But yeah. uh, I do want to just point out, like we how you can't just gloss over how they got the free kick. Yeah. Well, that's what I was gonna. Okay. Yes. Just this make is, it sure. This is the way I was gonna take this. So. Okay. Go take ahead. It. Do it. Do it. Well, Fabinho got barely touched by Matt Ritchie and just had the most theatrical dive I've ever seen in Premier League. And it was just, it was honestly embarrassing. And I think at that point, like that was the exact point where the entire league turned against Liverpool. Because like, it was just like, so. especially once the video came out, it was it was over. It was done deal. Like everyone, like people, Man City fans, Chelsea fans, Tottenham fans, like even Huddersfield fans are like commenting this video on like the Premier League's like official uh, like match reports and stuff like that. Just like it, it was it was so. Bla- if you haven't looked it looked it up, you can find it easily. Just type in like Fabinho flop, but it was just like that's it. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't have been mad. I like I'm not honestly I'm not mad. Newcastle lost. I'm just mad that, like, that was how we lost. Like, I would have rather have lost 3-2 with a goal created from open play because yeah. I think Liverpool deserved the third goal at the end. Um, I, I mean, at, overall, I think Newcastle deserved a draw, but that's something else. But I think at the end, in the last yeah. 15 minutes, Liverpool started playing well, um, and they deserved, they deserved to at least have a couple chances. And knowing their quality, one of them would go in. But to score off of that was just, like... Boom. Yeah, it's it's just so disheartening, um, and we've we've had plenty of this is not unusual for Newcastle. I mean, take both matches against Wolves, <laughs> ended in controversy, but like it's just it's so unfortunate. Like especially well, and now you can say both matches against Wolves and both matches against Liverpool. Yeah. Now we, the first match against Liverpool, it was it was a blowout, but still, but like, still, you had the solid penalty that made yeah. a pretty much even game. Like, yeah, completely change it. Completely yeah. change the game. Um, it, it just it sucks. It sucks. I hope, I hope things can be fixed like that with the implementation of VAR. But like, I, it's always it's always been interesting to me, and I know like people have different views on like masculinity and whatnot. But like, if you're always if you're trying to be a tough guy, like why would you ever flop? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've always had that thought like you're you're supposed to be the tough guy and yet somebody like Fabian Scherer last week like he got criticized somewhat that like he when he went on his little run inside the box that he didn't flop when he was like clearly fouled in the box and he was like that's just like not that was like flopping wasn't even on his radar because he's Fabian Scherer like he doesn't go down easy like he's a tough player um I don't know like yeah I don't know. It's shocking when you get a CDM slash center back flopping um, with Fabinho. I expect that from Mosal. I expect that from Neymar. I expect that from your wingers and cams of the world. But, you know, Fabinho, that was just disappointing to see as well. So Yeah, awful. Um, that's how the match ended, 3-2 to two, Liverpool. Oh, Salah um, almost died. That happened as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, head injury. Oh, yeah, thank you for covering that. Yeah, stretchered off. Um, I do have to just shout out an appreciation to soccer still structuring people off the field because it's like the only sport that this happens in. Yeah. Like usually they bring the card on and they load you up in the back of the card, but like they still have like the dudes that come out there. Especially because like, like, this <laughs> was an injury in which you didn't need a stretcher. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like 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 you could have you could have gotten Salah off the field in any other fashion. You could have had him. Oh yeah, on a piggyback I, ride, and because he yeah. just like didn't need a stretcher. But I uh, yeah. yeah, especially their like will to stretcher you off too. Like they yeah. want to. Yeah, it's like I love it. It's great. I love it. I hope that never leaves the game. It probably won't. <laughs> I hope they, they care never bring much a card the on the field. Yeah, I love it. Um, all right, so we'll we'll dive into quotes. So Rafa said, um, I like this quote for this one. He said, I'm really proud because it was a difficult game against a very good team, but the players gave everything. The fans appreciate that and were behind the team and couldn't ask for more. We made a few mistakes at set pieces, but in terms of effort and desire, we did quite well. We were trying to make sure we don't make so many mistakes. I don't know about the third goal, but the first two 
we can do much better. And I thought that was very good. Uh, he said, we've been quite consistent, working very hard as a team and as a unit, staying very compact. It was a great performance from us. I um, agree. He mentioned about managing both Liverpool and Newcastle. And he said, this game's special. I have a relationship with both sets of fans. It's always special when you do well and have to go around and see smiles on fans' faces. It's emotional, but really good at the same time. We have had and will have conversations over the next couple weeks about my future and see where we are. It's so simple. You have the potential. You can feel the potential and the passion of the fans and what it means to them. We have to compete with the teams that are around us, but it's not easy. I'm really proud and pleased because we stayed up but I'd like to compete for something more. Hopefully we can go closer and match the ambition of the fans. Bam. Yeah. Another sale pitch from Rafa Benitez. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like with that being the last home game, we honestly, it didn't even, you could, okay, it felt like the last home game, but it didn't feel like Rafa's last game, if that makes sense. Like it didn't feel like, oh, this is the last game Rafa's going to be in charge. It kind of felt like, Rafa knew oh, that I like he that too. Yeah, he wanted to stay and that he was going to stay. It was just a matter of time before the deal gets announced. Like I think they're closer in getting a deal done than we think. I think there's one or two things that are probably holding the deal back from getting done completely. Maybe one yeah. of them being Rondon, maybe that put them over the edge or one of them being transfer budget or academy. Like it's it's one issue that's that's that that they can't decide on. I honestly probably think it might be Rondon. To be honest, I think they Rafa knows his budget already for next season. He probably has his targets already in mind. I don't believe any of the numbers being thrown out there, but yeah, it didn't feel like I think that if it was the last match, Rafa would have done a lot more um, to say his thanks to the fans. If that makes sense, yeah, I agree. Um, some stats. I wish I had this stat before the match, but here we go. This is Newcastle's first time losing their. Last home match of the season since against Arsenal in 2013. Hmm. They've won every last home match since. They beat Cardiff City in 13-14. 14-50, they beat West Ham. 15-16, they beat Spurs. 16-17, they beat Barnsley. 17-18, they beat Chelsea. And then Liverpool broke the streak. Um, Rondon. 10 goals in the Premier League. That's the first time he's done that in his career. Congrats to him. Um, Christian Atsu's first Premier League goal of the season. Um, last time last time we were, or last year, he had two goals. So one last. Um, and Liverpool, 37 games, only one loss. So that's not bad. That's all the stats I have. Do you have any? Um, yeah, here we go. Uh, Alexander Mitrovic, 37 appearances, 11 goals, 3 assists. Rondon, 32 appearances, 10 goals, 7 assists. So Wow. Just throwing that out there. Um, you could probably say it's, Rafa we trust. Yeah, probably safe to say in Rafa we trust. Um, 17 yeah. goals created as as uh, from, from Salman Rondon, which is wow. uh, probably a little... All, a little over a third still, probably, of our goals, total goals this season, yeah. which is insane. Uh, all right, best worst player. Um, do you have a worst player? Um, I would probably lean into saying LaSalle's just because um, the, the the last goal is probably the worst. Um, but yeah. the man marking on set pieces, that killed us, and that was kind of, that, that, that was kind of something that we've seen from LaSalle's and all of our center backs this season is set piece marking and LaSalle's was was the latest culprit um and the first goal as well uh you can even argue that just the defending on the Sala goal was also just pretty bad as well and I don't yeah. know I don't want to blame him for all three goals but I'll blame him for two out of the three Paul Dummett LaSalle's and Cher were all just awful in this and I guess you can expect that against Liverpool, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, the runs they had to deal with I, were stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess you, you might not be able to fault. I think the most faulted is, like you said, that last goal Yeah. Um, for LaSalle's. But, yeah, 
Let's go to best player. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's your number one? It's not my number one because I think the number one is going to be same for most people. But Krishnatsu is who yes. I thought was just, I don't know. We've been saying it for a while that like he's looked good, that there's no reason not to start him. And this was the culmination. There are so many fans who, like, I'm like, are you watching the same matches that we're watching? Where they're like, Christian, we should be starting Muto over Atsu. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. You want to see Muto play. But Atsu's been doing well in that left wing role. And it honestly suits him well. And I think, you know, I think he's starting to come into his own as a player. Um, a Chelsea fan even tweeted out, uh, Rafa resurrected Atsu from being a lifelong Chelsea loney to a uh, to an actual Premier League player. And so a uh, shout-out to Christian Atsu. I thought he had a brilliant game, um, really towards TAA yeah. at times as well, and was really yeah, involved. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. All right, uh, so he was going to be mine, um, but I'm going to give a shout-out to Matt Ritchie. Okay. Matt Ritchie had probably one of top, easily top three best games he's played this season. He had over 20 touches more than any player for Newcastle. Uh, we had seven key passes the entire match as a team. He had four of them. Um, and he was just he was just present, and he made the right decision a lot of the times. He had two shots himself. Um, really good performance for him. I think, like, maybe the combination with him and Atsu on the left really helped his performance. But uh, it was a really good job from the left side of our midfield on Saturday. Yeah. Good for you. All right. Now we look at the league table. Mm. And with one game to go, I repeat, we are not relegated. Huh? Um, Newcastle, we dropped to 14th. Uh, Bournemouth jumped us. So the highest we could get is 13th. And that's if we beat Fulham and then Bournemouth loses to Crystal Palace, um, we'll... We'll beat them on goal difference. We, we have a two-goal better difference right now. So, obviously, if we win and they lose, we'll, we'll, it'll be more than that. Um, that's the only way we can get the 13th. The lowest we could get is 15th. We could drop one spot. Burnley could surpass us on points if they beat Arsenal and we lose to Fulham. Um, so, most likely, we'll probably stay 14th. But... Uh, I guess everybody would take that, wouldn't we? Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, and, like, this is coming out soon. Uh, I'm going to start going and compiling uh, not only our current player of the season and most improved player in signings, but we made predictions for all these as a staff, and I'm going to go back and uh, compare, um, first starting off with, like, where we finished in the league, um, like, with what people predicted, and I'm pretty sure, like, three or four of our writers all predicted us to finish 14th, so... Yeah, that seems. I know I was around there. I can't remember exactly what I put. I, yeah, I know. I was like me, you, Ben, and like maybe Graham all picked somewhere between thirteen and fifteen. Yeah, you might have done thirteenth. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I was in that ballpark for sure. Well, cool. All right. Well, we're not we're not doing questions today because. I just forgot to ask, so oh, my bad. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> um, Elijah, is there anything else that you want to say close it out? Uh, yeah, there's a couple things. Uh, one, Luke Edwards wrote a really good piece on uh, Jurgen on Jür- Klopp, basically talking about how uh, admitting Liverpool fought dirty at Newcastle um, and trying to just, like, there were the, the benefits and downfalls of, of fighting dirty, essentially. It's a good read. Um, just and Luke Edwards is a great writer, so you can check that out. We retweeted it, and then uh, a bit of sad news. Um, earlier today, found out that a pretty popular Newcastle fan, uh, Ziggy David Bowie, um, was reported missing. Uh, no one could hear from him, and it turns out that he'd passed away. So, uh, our thoughts and prayers out to his family and uh, the many Newcastle supporters who knew him um, and and were friends with him. Yeah. Rest in peace for sure. Um, all right, so that will conclude this episode of 61 of CHN Radio. We have a Fulham preview pod coming up later this week. 
We'll review that match, and then we'll have a separate podcast where we'll review the entire season. We're going to have some things planned for you. We, we are going to take a nice, a nice break. Um, not too long, though, because I know you'll miss us. But uh, we'll give you a full schedule on that. I know Elijah and I will we'll talk about it this week or next week and uh, figure out a, a good schedule for how we're going to do the offseason. So we'll get all that information up to you. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, make sure, tell all of your friends about us and tell them we said hi. And then tell them to follow us and say, to tell us hi. That's all I have to say. Oh, rate us five stars. That's all Elijah has to say. And this is Blade Races and Away the Lads. The lasses lost the crinolines and the bales that hide their faces. I got two black eyes and a broken nose and gathered the blade and raises. The we put on the way we went again But them that had their noses broke They came back our again Some went to the dispensary And some to Dr. Gibbs's And some to the infirmary To mend their broken ribs's To sing a song and I sang a Paddy Fagan. I danced a jig and swung me twig the day I went to bleeding. The blade and tune, the bellman he was carrying there, they called him Jackie Broom. I saw him taking to some chips, and then he was persuading the Gamsey Jordy Ridley showing the mechanics how it bladed. Johnny had a white hat on, they yelled, we stole the cuddy. There were spice styles and monkey shows, and they had white selling ciders. And the chaps were happening, going to butchers, and no more that's for riders. Oh, no.